Testing, the modern testing podcast. Join your hosts, Alan. God! Now I'm mad! <laughs> and Brent. I am mindless, agile robot. I must iterate. God! <laughs> As we talk about software engineering, software quality, leadership, and whatever else comes to mind. Now, on with the show. Hello again, Brent. Howdy, Alan. It's good to see you again. Good to be we're seen the, by we're you. We're on the summer schedule of AB testing recording where we don't record as often because crap is going on. Oh my god, speaking of crap. Oh, what episode are we right? 105. 105. That's a cool number. Speaking of numbers, <laughs> is it? The number of my house address is changing. I'm I moving. saw that on I'm <sighs> freaking moving. Oh my god. And I you got a killer stove. Did you see that? I did. That's like a $3,000 stovetop in this new place. So, uh, wasn't planning to move. Wasn't looking to move. Had a company picnic a uh, weekend before last. Driving back. I think it's some houses over here. Maybe there's some... Let's just drive over here by this neighborhood. My kids really wanted to live close to their high school. They're both in the same high school next year. Okay. And so, we drove... Oh, hey, look. This house is open house tomorrow. Maybe we'll come back. Oh, look. There's a realtor there. Oh, she's going to let us in. Oh, we look around going... You know what? Let's move. So over <laughs> email, we make we negotiate an offer, uh, and buying a house now versus eleven years ago about the last house only eleven years. It's like all of like the entire negotiation, email and texting, the loan application. I call my loan guy. He's forever. He's great, and get everything taken care of over email and maybe two phone calls. The all the real estate documents, all online, digital. It's fantastic. goes super fast. The house is nice. We'll close probably early. We'll probably close in less than 30 days from when we made the offer. And But all that streamlined stuff, uh, title companies, the people that do like... The, the one where you go work, in and you spend eight hours just putting your initials on hundreds of documents? They, they <laughs> like traditional testing. In many ways, they embrace 1990 like it's nobody's business. It's like uh, one one quick story, and then we'll go on to even less random stories. Uh, They sent me a a whole bunch of docs in a random order with weird names, and they forgot the names. And I signed – one was a two-page thing. It only needs signatures on the second page. So I printed out that page, signed it, sent it back. And they said, hey, I need both pages of that of that thing. I said, um, only one page needed signatures. Do you want me to send back the, the page you sent me as is? <laughs> the answer, yes, please. It's like, oh, my. I, it's like I – my whole thing is I abhor inefficiency. I want things to be easy and streamlined and straightforward, and that made me mad. But the bureaucrats, Alan, are protecting us from making mistakes. Oh, shush. If you hadn't sent back that first page, you were at risk. Ten years from now, someone would have done a challenge to your title, and you'd be out on uh, living in cardboard boxes. I'm curious to see when I uh, when I edit this later how much thumping comes out from Brent um, – Fondling the microphone, but we'll see. So I want to do a quick uh, and you get new sexy microphones today. Advertisement. Uh, I've been working on recording with this exact same microphones and our new uh, recorder here. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we should make rec- remote recording easier when we get back to that. 
I think I've mentioned on the podcast. If not, surprise. I'm working on a modern testing course for Ministry of Testing. I am very excited about it. I want to say I'm a third of the way done, but I'm way more than a third of the way done. I've done all the planning. Uh, Everything's all figured out what's in each session. I've recorded the first three. There's a intro, which is sort of the hook on why modern testing isn't as boring and stupid as you think it is. I phrase it much better in the video. I don't think it's boring. Or and then stupid. I know. And then I've I've recorded the first uh, episode each on the first two principles. I'll do one episode, one course, whatever they're called, per principle, and then a wrap up at the end. So a total of nine episodes. They're all five to seven minutes. So uh, it's enough to, which I guess would be a forty-five minute talk if you watched them all at once, which is about right for kind of getting a a good overview. But then we'll uh, have lots of discussion with the people that take the course on the dojo. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool. You know, I don't understand why? how it's a course. Can you explain those details? Like, so nine seven minute things. Those so, feel more like YouTube nuggets. Uh, remember, we're talking to the YouTube generation. So, yeah, sure. if you join the Ministry of Testing, uh, if you join Ministry of Testing, you join the dojo. Uh, you have access to all the courses they have line and online, and they are a whole bunch of these things. And the idea is within these courses, I have – within each uh, class, each section of the course, there are one or two or three places where I ask the viewer to pause and reflect or answer some questions or do a little bit of exercises – to help reinforce what we're talking about. For example, in principle number two episode, Accelerating the Team, there's a reflection exercise where I ask them to list the things they're doing that help speed the team up and the things they're doing that help that are slowing things on their team that are slowing them down. Just so they start thinking about those. Okay. Uh, so there's things like that. In the first course of this series, the intro, I give them your very first glance for some people at the modern testing principles. I'll just ask them to take some time before they go any farther to think about which ones are, which ones like, yeah, 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 head nod, head nod. Which ones they go, uh, uh, I'm going to skip to that episode right now and see if I want to go any farther. (laughs) That kind of stuff. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, I will. So I'm, I'm trying to wrap up this course. The folks at Ministry of Test are being very patient with me because I'm behind in getting them things, and I'm moving at the same time. And the day job, which we'll maybe we'll talk about a little bit later, is uh, a bit on the busy side. Now I'll get into that later. But the cool thing is, in modern testing, in this course, in doing this course, and then watching what's going on. We are seeing, and this is the, the very subtle transition to something more like a podcast than the previous 10 minutes, is we're seeing, Brent and I are both seeing more and more people and teams doing things that are a lot more like modern testing. And it's, uh, <sighs> What's the word I'm thinking of? How, how it, it's, awesome. It's awesome, exciting, <laughs> a little scary. Like, what if we're wrong? We're not, but <laughs> we've led the world astray. No, no. If we're wrong, then there's a whole then bunch I don't of giants. Gi- be right. Then there's a whole bunch of giants whose shoulders we're standing on, um, who who are also wrong. So we won't be alone. Um, but the thing is, the chances of of that are. 
Um, if this is something that we didn't have any direct experience on, I'd be worried. But we do. It works. And, and for now, it's right. Yeah, we had, I won't name any names, but uh, I want to. But uh, one listener <laughs> who I, I hope and I hope gets the job, but they, in their interview, they had their interviewer pull up the modern testing principles. Yeah. Uh, they, which is which is awesome. <laughs> I was going to say brave or I'll go with brave. I don't. The way the, the way they describe the scenario, I'm not so certain, right? It, it, it's, I don't know the, I don't remember the details of what they mentioned, but this was a company that didn't have a QA. Uh, they were apparently struggling. They're looking to hire one person. They knew up front, uh, the company, uh, the the hiring manager knew up front that they were under heat because. QA had a reputation already at that company of slowing things down, and that was something they didn't want. And um, this listener just immediately went and was like, oh, fantastic, we're aligned. Here, let me show you modern testing principles. This is whether or not you hire me, this is what you need to do. Very cool. Uh I was talking to someone, I think it was, I think it was Melissa Eden, who is uh, one of the three, for sure, Uh, just gave a talk recently on modern testing, which is is kind of cool to see people besides us more and more also talking about this thing called modern testing, and in turn, taking some of the heat for us, which is pretty cool. Oh, Uh, I didn't hear that story. No, I mean... Not about her taking heat. I haven't heard nope. any stories about that. But she's okay. talking about modern testing. And I mentioned to her that, like, when I first – I didn't know what to make of the first talk ever on modern testing external, which was at Test Bash a uh, year before last in Brighton, Test Bash Brighton, because there's 18,000 Test Bashes a year. And a couple of cool things about that talk. One, the coolest thing was – Afterwards, how many people told me, thank you for giving a name to what we're already doing? Or I want to do that. We just, we're we're not ready, but I want to do that. And I was expecting more, much more hate. I thought it would be much more controversial instead of inspiring. And if I can manage to inspire or lead or provide any sort of value, I feel pretty damn good about what I provided. So I'm excited there. But the other thing I'm excited about with the uh, with that talk was when they scheduled it, they asked me if I do the after lunch slot. They said you need to, you need to. We need some of your colorful language. Maybe they said I didn't. didn't you want to wake wake up the didn't crowd? Didn't know what that wake up the crowd, which I do and did, and in doing so, apparently not the last now because people have taken my lead. But at the time, I earned the first ever explicit tag for a Ministry <laughs> of Test recording. Uh, it I didn't plan it; it just kind of came out that way. I was excited. These things happen. Leading into, and you can help me. Let's brainstorm on this a bit. Uh, fact. I'm channeling Dwight Schrute from the office. Fact. We're seeing more people do things like modern testing. Fact. Many of them, including myself, are in roles that don't have testing in the title. Fact. 
I am speaking at Oradev in November. Haven't started working on the talk yet because I have to scrape the information because what I want to talk about, the topic, wait, fact, my topic is talking about what people do. <laughs> if you don't watch The Office, you're going, Alan, what the? Uh, what the fact are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I want to tell stories of how people are living in this modern testing world. So I'll need to track some people down, probably uh, via Zoom calls, potentially to be recorded, uh, guests on our podcast. But over the next few months, I want to start tracking down and talking to a lot of these people who are doing things that are uh, modern testing-ish. We had a listener, uh, and Brent is never going to get a word in because I have all these ideas on my head. We haven't talked for a month, and he gave me coffee is we had a listener who works at a bank on their mobile app, so it's not like... Oh! Uh, who is also... Yeah, I got Brent all excited. Uh, like, is this the one in Germany? Uh, yes. Yes. This is Fantastical, which you, is not German. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, and I'll let you talk about that in a minute. But the idea is I want to collect all these stories. You know, this is really, really happening, which is... Um, amazing and, and people were and to be clear this is happening and would have happened without us what we've provided is a framework to talk about it uh some common language uh a way to a, a a place to point and say yes that's what i'm doing and so that's the value we provide we're not we haven't i don't think we've caused people to go well in most cases at least to go this is the way i want to do it people are going oh this is what i do i have a way to talk about it but i want to tell about those stories to the folks at oradev who may or may not get what this whole idea is about so uh i've been thinking a great deal around what did we do right because we stole a lot of the modern testing principles from book here book there book book everywhere the lucky thing is we've read all the same books between flow and the lean startup and a few other things, the principles emerged fairly easily. And we both executed. Um, but I've been thinking about what is our product, right? And is it ours or not, right? And what I realized is what we've done is we've constructed a rallying point. These thoughts yes. were out there, but we gave them a place to converge and grow and be healthy. Um, And that's what I think um, we've done. Yeah. Um, I'm a firm believer in the rallying cry, and that's – which is a big thing of uh, Pat Lencioni's work, his business novels. And I think, yeah, we we provided that probably – not just subconsciously. I'm looking forward to, I think the next step is when it takes on a life of its own that we couldn't control even if we wanted to. And don't you think if with people pulling it out in interviews and people giving talks about it that aren't you and I, that maybe it's on its way there? No, what I'm thinking is the next step is when someone does something like um, – realizes we have a um, an open source license on it mm-hmm. and they go create their own modern testing dot something reference it and start moving on their own 
Now, I think just you by saying that, that may happen. And to be clear, the modern testing principles are free to do whatever you want with with attribution. You can you can make a whole product around them. Oh, that's when we know we've lost, when some tool vendor talks about the, their ability to accelerate their team using modern testing tools. There is one thing we need. <laughs> when, there is one thing we need to do, though, and that is we need to modify that license to ensure certain things never happen. For example, I do not ever want to see a certification course for modern testing. Oh yeah, let's have let's do that. I, <laughs> actually, spoiler alert: uh, coming out next year is the modern tester certification black belt. Uh, Whatever. No, just kidding, kidding, yeah. kidding, kidding. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. There's, there's nothing right now. I mean, maybe you and I should talk off. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of risk with our current, where we are with how it's going viral and, um, and how open the license is. Did you want to talk any more about some of the things that you've seen in our Slack or elsewhere on people adopting things that are like or are modern testing? Uh, well, you brought up the earlier example. One of our listeners, I'm getting to a point where, uh, so one of the things I like to do on the Slack channel, as you know, is when a new person comes in, I like to give them a free taco. Okay, and you only these are these are virtual tacos. By they're the way. virtual tacos, but, but they're tacos and they're awesome. And, and every person only gets five per something. Five, five per day to give away, right? And by, and by the way, shout a, out shout out to Hey Taco for helping us out with uh, our Hey Taco license and keeping us going with tacos on one of the three Yeah, they were fantastic on that, and Alan was fantastic on getting them to agree to that. Um, but I'm. I do think perhaps even sometime this year that there will be time where I cannot give out. I only have five. Uh, a day. A day, right? I can't give out all five. Or I, I need more than five. Sorry. I can. Um, because people are coming in. Uh, I love hearing um, when they when they join the community. Oh, I get it. If more than five people join in a day, you run out of tacos. Right. Just connecting the dots for everyone. Sorry. I'm, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Words working not. Um, and I love hearing their stories. Yes. The, yes, there yes, was yes. A, there was a new listener that came in. They are um, applying, again, MTP-like practices, but they, they're they a German company, and they're a bank, which is a highly regulated industry in a country who adores regulations. And so seeing these companies break through what we've been told when we started doing modern testing is... Oh, you can't do that because of this bureaucracy or that issue. For example, we only do client products on-prem. People are pushing the boundary. And I love that the Slack channel is a place where those who are interested are learning how to from each other now. Things are really picking up. Yeah. I, I think so, and I, including 
and we probably don't have enough time to go into it today, but including as things get pick up, right, the the opinion leaders on the other side are going to start being more visible, more out there, and more directly against these concepts. The MT haters. Yeah, um, probably worth mentioning. Uh, we won't go too deep into it, but we do. We aren't without our controversy. We aren't without those who think what we're doing is harmful to the business or worse, harmful to the craft. But remember, modern testing isn't about testing. And it's not really that modern. That's our that's our, our tagline I need to add somewhere. It's about accelerating the team. It's about building software. It's about it's about helping the team build a sustainable and profitable business or a successful business, I should say, because modern testing works in nonprofits as well. In some regards, though, I'll, I'll just speak out. I do think, depending on the context, I think in some regards it is harmful to the craft. Right? Not the testing activity, but the te- testing discipline. And when I hear people say it's harmful to the craft, sometimes they're – it's overloaded, right? Sometimes they're saying, hey, you're going to encourage businesses to ship shit out in the wild. And sometimes they're saying, hey, you're adding adding uh, fuel to the fire towards the direction of removing the discipline. That latter one, I absolutely could see, right? We are not telling people what to do or what not to do, uh, but we are saying it is a whole team effort. And you need to do the right thing regardless of fear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's transition to make this about me. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about what I'm doing in the postmodern world, if we want to call it that, or the modern world. I don't think world. it's the postmodern. It's not, it's I think not, you're not post-traditional. Post-traditional. <laughs> post-traditional world. In my non-test but kind of quality role uh, – I have a weekly meeting. There's, uh, well, I have all kinds of weekly meetings. One meeting in particular, I was meeting with marketing and a product manager and my boss and his boss to go over one of the projects. It's a little bit more, one of the new things, a little more interesting, a little more risky. So just kind of a check in. We were talking about, and I'm going to ask you about this. Uh, we had a Good discussion on the difference between what's the difference in products, Brent, between testing and validation. And, and these could be terms that are that maybe I just use. So I want to ask you this before I go on. But do those terms mean anything different to you? In my taxonomy, testing is the superset. Testing is uh, the if I were to break it down, testing is an activity. Validation is one key aspect that you're doing. Uh, another key aspect would be ad hoc or exploratory testing. Validation in the vernacular I used to use is essentially, hey, we expect this to do certain things. Does it actually do those things in a tactical sense, not in a strategic like we're targeting with Empty. So when we talk about principle number five, and I didn't phrase this very well, kind of on purpose because I wanted to get that answer before I rephrased it. Okay. When we talk about 
when we say the customer is the only one able to evaluate, we, we use the word evaluate the quality of our product. Yes. Are they and then people freak the hell out because you you're just asking t- customers to test your product because you're lazy and you're harming people and you're a jerk and I don't like you. I'm gonna go in my corner. Uh, but I don't know about you, but all of those are true. For they me. are. <laughs> I am lazy and yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what are what are customers? What is it that we want from customers to do to the product? I and I'll I'm going to lead you along here. They're not testing it for. They're not testing it. We're not trying to use customers to figure out. And this is the difference I'm driving towards. Is we don't use customers to test for functional correctness or to or to make sure it's working. We use it to validate that we're building the right thing or or whether there's product market fit or or to learn more about what we are doing right and wrong with the product. So what I was I did I particularly left the word customer out, but the conversation in this meeting got to a point of uh like we, it was a little bit of they're worried like there's a little bit of worry from the exec that the customers were going in this early release customers were going to be finding quality issues and absolutely not the case the quality of this product is very very good it just is feature lean okay but enough it has enough functionality and this is what a minimum viable product is about this one is actually bigger than that Actually, had a tangent, tangent inception. I had a nice conversation with my boss yesterday about uh, the concierge MVP. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we, we it was a good conversation. I made the point that quality is something we build in and a little bit of elaboration on how we do that. And 100% what we expect from having a customer use this product is validation of whether we're building the right product, not a validation of whether it's good enough quality for them to use. Uh, yeah, the uh, I'll tell you, I just used the language from Reese on this one. But, but, and and actually, I, I talk but, about the pivot or persevere meeting. Yes, yes. And I think uh, that I'm actually driving a lot toward that. I think my hunch is, and I'm not going to lead this, I'm, not, I'm just going to wait and see. My hunch is that we will need to pivot that we're building a good product, but the product we're going to build is a subset of what we think we're building. But I'm going to wait and see what happens based on the customer. I think there's going to be a nice pivot in there. But the cool point I brought up was I was able to bring up only the cust- only the customer is able to evaluate the quality of software in the meeting without anybody freaking out or screaming. But the quality work gets a little overloaded. Well, no, and that's because you're the test guy. And I'm not the test No, no, no. F so, you. The, yeah. <laughs> Number one, that's fantastic, that response. (laughs) Number two, so I have, as an aside, I am formerly from TEST. My manager is formerly from TEST. And recently, my VP was getting heat from his boss around quality issues with respect to co-correctness. And... Old school PMs were going to my VP saying, we need to get a test team back. Oh, now's our opportunity. We need to get a test team back. The VP um, ran through the motions and was talking to some people around. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So both myself and my manager were, were in those informationals. 
And my manager and I had multiple private conversations around, okay, first thing we got to do is stop this. We need to make sure that no test manager comes in here. Like, we do not want that role here. If we can't succeed in that, then we need to absolutely make sure this is not a role either one of us are asked to take on. (laughs) I have a reputation in certain lights of, um, I call it being punished for being good. I get assigned things that I don't want assigned to me because I have experience and credibility about closing that loop quick. I don't did not want this role. It, it was an interesting segue. Anyway, it's it's funny because uh, when I first joined uh, the monetization team, so it's been about ten weeks now. Uh, we had a couple major incidents due to just developer error, uh, lack of testing. Lack of, we normally do very good testing. We just messed up. Two big ones, expensive ones. And my boss, because I think because I was brand new to the team and, and he knew my background, he was threatening to hire a test team. Said, Do I just need to hire a test team to help you? And I'm, I'm going, No, 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 no. And it was an idle threat. It was just like, get the team. It was, just, it was a conversation starter. <laughs> and um, through no work of mine, through just a, uh, uh, and generally, the team does very well. In fact, all of our incidents, in fact, can I say this on air? Most of our incidents now are probably because of. <laughs> yes, you can say that. <laughs> Especially in a Microsoft. <laughs> uh, or I shouldn't say most, but a chunk of them. So, But there's no reason we shouldn't be resilient to the platform we're under. So that's a, it's another stage of maturity and growth for us. But my role is interesting. Uh in that uh, I have, the way my boss puts it, I have, I, how does he put it? Sometimes I'm the director of program management, and this is different than Microsoft program management, where I don't know what they do. This is making sure uh, our larger scale projects uh, are nothing, actually a good way, to, good way to describe it is, I make sure there are no surprises. Okay. Making sure, it's a lot of just asking <laughs> We do. I do a, a it's a status reporting thing, just a quick little week log every week that my manager rolls up to a, a org wide mail. But one of my summaries recently was mainly I just asked a lot of questions. Okay, which is uh, kind of like Brent at the at the, <laughs> at the real estate class. So I just ask people questions and try and lead them in a direction, and then I plug myself in, and my boss will. Plug me in the places. Hey, this is weird. Go take care of this. And I have to go figure out what's weird and then go take care of it. So I'm at my fingers in just about every part of the org. I run a weekly meeting where I go over not quite a status meeting. It's really more for uh, product management, product marketing to, uh, about release dates to make sure we understand where there's risk to what we're planning to deliver. And in an org of about 160 engineers to 50-ish overall, uh, there's a, a lot going on. So Keeping things organized, making sure a lot of just making sure communication's happening. Then I have this quality lever, and I don't know if it's a. If, I don't know if my charter is quality with program management as a tool to get me there, or if my role is program management with uh, quality as a lever to get me there. 
it's been interesting to see how well those two work together. Uh, so if I'm looking at a program, like how are we going to deliver this complex project, it's getting – I think the team's pretty good about most testing, but it's like asking questions like, so what's the developer experience here? How are they going to use this? What's what's that going to be like? Oh, ah, yeah, it's kind of crummy. And Or what are – getting them to think about load or, or latency up front is part of what I do. And then – Sometimes I realize I get to the end of the week. I go, yeah, I didn't think much about testing this week. Should I have I? I don't know. No. <laughs> no, no. Uh, because what you're trying to do. So what you reminded me of is the acceptance review in, in, in Scrum. Are you familiar with this concept? Oh, yes. Okay. So you have a product owner. Yep. They set out the requirements. Yep. And then an ideal acceptance review occurs after when the the developer says it's done. The ideal acceptance review is an interview, right? Uh, the PMs who I know of who do acceptance reviews badly will load up the product and essentially be a test team for that developer and find bugs. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is not what you want to do. What you want to do is you want to interview them. Don't load the product because that keeps you objective and say, okay, so how did you assure that latency isn't going to be an issue for our customers? How did you assure that this is going to scale to an outage? Like, for example, there's a new... And this is the PM interviewing the developer or the development team. This is whether or not... Right. So it's, it's essentially you ask a bunch of questions very similar to what you're doing you do not load the product, and what you are trying to do is gain confidence that they did the work necessary. Yeah, right. Um, Makes sense. I have a I have a service that I'm shipping. It's it's about to be customer facing. Um, matter of fact, uh, just two weeks ago, I shipped my first customer facing model. I'm very excited about that. Um, and but the particular scenario I'm doing only triggers during an outage. Okay, so there's an there's an outage happening. So then this scenario is is intended to ease the customer pain during an outage. Okay, and um, I'll tell you, I don't have a good sense on the concurrency that my service is going to be called in the in terms of an outage, and I'm worried about that. So I'm, I'm like, okay, can we figure out how to fake an outage without pissing off customers? Is there a way to do that? <laughs> um, Br- bring back staging environment. Bring back int. We have multiple staging environments. I'm trying to get rid of at least two of them. Um, yeah, we can go back to. Another way to describe my job is I am simultaneously trying to accelerate the team and improve quality. And because... When we had those outages. I don't think you can do that mutually exclusive. Uh, I could make the team go super fast and break things. or You can't I, accelerate quality. Or I could stop deployments. That would that would slow down incidents. So ideally, I find if I'm successful, the quality of the services improve overall. And, and the t- 
tons of ways to measure that with downtime or incidents or whatever. And our ability to deploy quickly. And we know from we both read Accelerate, which ah. is another good book for modern testing, uh, is there is correlation between deployment velocity and quality, which seems weird, but it makes sense. If you if you deploy lots of small changes, probably you have a system where you're, you can recover from quality issues, quality improves. So uh, I another book we steal from a lot is Accelerate. If you read between the lines... Uh, if you haven't read Accelerate, we just had a book club on uh, one of the three where the people talked about that. But the quality culture transition guide, it, it was in my head for a long time. You've heard this story. And if you haven't seen that, go to one of the three It's pinned to the general channel. When I created that, it didn't gel in my head until I read Accelerate. So you'll find some of you, you should find you should be able to get to the point where they talk about maturity models and how they work and how they, how they don't work, and they talk about some attributes. You'll kind of see, hopefully, because it happened, uh, some influence of how Accelerate led to that maturity grid. But let me make yep. the, that I just finished. I, I finished reading Accelerate end to end. Um, one of the things that I found super insightful, right? So I talk about code correctness and quality as separate things, mm-hmm. okay? And, and code correctness is the bug side and quality is the, the customer satisfaction side, okay? okay? And what I realized uh, were the dots I connected and you just brought it up, code correctness is very important. But it's very important, especially for given what Accelerate is saying. In, in today's in modern society, modern world, it's still very important. But its purpose is to speed up cycle times. You cannot scale crap. Right. So the purpose of quality is to be able to build things faster. Okay. Now... Building things faster is, has never been a traditional testing role, but it is all, it has been a traditional additional crap job test gets assigned. Right now, in this world where you are responsible uh, in the service world where speed wins, yeah, you need to make sure you're building a quality product and then you're getting it out there fast. Reading that book, what it did for me is it reinvigorated my belief in principle seven because we need to get uh, development understanding how to get their code correct the first time. Once that happens, testability concerns go out the door. Right. We've already mentioned it several times. Accelerate has shown that when test or when dev owns the test automation, it is correlated with positive business outcomes. But you can't singularly focus on that. Right. A lot of the lot of the old school traditional testing, they want us to focus, continue to focus on bugs. Speed is important. I've, I've said it over and over again the last several years. But going 100 million miles an hour and building a product no one wants 
is perhaps worse than going two mi- miles an hour building a product everyone wants. Absolutely. That second piece, the customer quality point of view, is where I think test is better suited than um, doing Dev's job for them and helping them to yeah. slow down the product. I uh, just yesterday I uh, was reading, going through Reddit, and I'm subscribed to the software testing uh, subreddit. And I should just get off there because it's it's 1990s encapsulated. <laughs> and there was a question just yesterday. Someone asked. Uh, who does the, who does the, was it just unit testing? Who does the testing on your team? I read an article that said that developers do some of the testing. And the reply is, no, on my team, the QAs write the unit test. The QAs write the unit test. The QAs. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's all idea of QA testing bugs the crap out of me. That's uh, a team that's throwing yeah. away money. I want to have my dream. My, I have a dream. I'm not sure how possible this would be given, uh, I think I don't think we're worthy of it, but it, wouldn't it be fun to see if we can get Nicole Forsgren on A/B testing? It would. That would be fantastic. I'm gonna I'm gonna work up to that. I'm gonna work <laughs> up. To that. I, I, I gotta I gotta work up my nerve. Get my get get something going to convince her. I have a hunch that she's super super busy. I suspect too. Maybe um, we can get her for a half hour. Uh, but there. That book actually has multiple authors, so we don't have to just try for Nicole. Yeah, but she did all the research, so I'm really interested. So definitely the lead author on that. I want to pick her brain. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, the other thing I was going to mention before we close is uh, that I didn't get to earlier. It was how much coaching I do. And it's interesting – I thought when I joined this team, I would be coaching the team on writing tests and on how to think about testing. And they actually understand it pretty well. Oh, my God, developers know how to test. Oh, my God, what kind of crazy world is this? Yeah, they do a pretty good job. There's some larger end-to-end or integration things that they need some help on, and I help them with that. But I end up doing most of my coaching, uh, although I'm not certified, uh, in just how to do something. I'm going to call it agile. How to do something that makes sense. Too late to really bring this up, but things like, no, uh, that's not a story. It's phrased like a story. So, yes, it's a story, but that would take three months to finish. So, how can we break this down? Uh, so, things like that. Just little bits of coaching. Like, how can we – How can we? what if we wanted to ship every week? Uh, what would that look like? How could we do that? I don't know if we can do that. Let's, let's go a little deeper. Uh, <laughs> So lots and lots of things like that. Just getting people to think about it's again, I am not that smart, but uh, sometimes I'm good at coming up with the right questions. The and Socratic that makes method, so much of a difference. Yes. The so, so the Socratic method is fantastic. Where it fails with me is a lot of the times I know the answer and I'm impatient. So I'll go, ah, hey, <laughs> That's <Ellen>. true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alan, have you thought about this? <laughs> um, and actually, that's a failure in the Socratic method. Never, <laughs> if you're using the Socratic method, never ask a question that can be answered with yes or no. That's the, that's the first lesson I'll give on it. Um, yes. And then if you do use it uh, and you know the answer – then uh, and you have a problem with patience as I do, then I found a little trick and that is make it a game. And that is 
Can you get them to say the correct answer before you lose uh, your patience and say it yourself? So you know how some of those games, they have little timers? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one I've used, and we'll go – well, uh, nobody's winning kicks out of the room yet. But another one I've used is – and this is, again, I don't th- – Maybe it helps that I have made a lot of mistakes in my life and in my career. It does, for sure. Uh, because the other one that works out really well is just asking them, like things like, in, I helped someone prep for a meeting yesterday. I said, let's think about what questions are going to be asked. And What uh, questions? What do you mean? Like, there's uh, another one of these exec reviews today of this product. I said, so what are they going to ask about? They're going to ask about how we're going to validate. So they're going to ask about probably going to ask about what customers are we bringing on board? What's your answer there? And just putting, you know, thinking about, oh, I, so guess it's, I guess it's a lot like Q&A prep for like an exec yeah, review. And, and I guess it's like thinking about the, like put yourself in the other person's shoes, whether it's the, the example I gave earlier, like what's the developer experience or let's anticipate what questions are going to be asked. That's a better way to prepare than just like laying out an agenda and trying to overwhelm them with information. You know, one thing you haven't talked about, and I'm surprised because I remember the last time you did it, you, you came back and you communicated as hugely successful. And that's the the hypothesis testing exercise I taught you yeah. back in 82. Have you done that yet? Oh, yeah. I've done, a lot, done that a lot. Oh, okay. I even uh, – in fact, I'm going to talk about the hypothesis testing exercise specifically in the Ministry of Test module course that covers Principle 5. Nice. All right. So, uh, yeah, I use that a lot. I even did a workshop on that uh, that included that at our – we had a, a quality team off-site in January that I attended and gave a presentation at. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good way to think about things. The team is – yeah, they're pretty good at that sort of thing. So I haven't had to do it much in this org, but uh, we talk about it from time to time. That's it in a nutshell. We'll have uh, – we're going to go in two weeks again, do you think, maybe? Four weeks? Two weeks. All right, we'll figure it out. All now, right. I'm, I have a vacation the third week of August. I think I'm going to England then anyway for work. Okay. So we'll figure it out. All right. Thanks for sitting through our planning session. Uh, <laughs> as always, I am Alan. And I'm Brent. We'll see you next time.